Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Sister Nayira. I am here right back again with episode number 10. I am truly excited today. As you know, you have joined in on the Heal On Purpose podcast. Today, we are intentionally eradicating generational traumas, dramas, limiting beliefs, and self-sabotaging behavior patterns. So as you are tuning in live on via Facebook, live via YouTube, I'm going to ask that you like and share this video because we are going to truly enlighten you today with minding the mind. In addition, if you are listening to my podcast, we definitely want you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get content every single week that will help edify not only you, but your family, your community, and ultimately the world. And today I'm excited because I have such a powerful sister, a sister that's full of compassion, a sister that's full of love, and a sister that's mission-minded when it comes to the resurrection of the mind, the heart, and the spirit, starting with the Black family and abroad. And so today I present to you and introduce to others, Sister Anissa Muhammad. She is going to talk about minding the mind. And one of her quotes in this famous book, and if you don't have the book, we're going to have, we, you're going to have to get the book now, Repair of the Black Family. Sister Anissa is an author, a best-selling author in chapter 21 of Repair of the Black Family, Minding the Mind. And one of her famous quotes is, surely Allah changes not the condition of a people until they change their own condition. Holy Quran, Surah 13, Ayah 11. I love that Surah, that chapter, Sister Anissa. Yes, you got to be able to change conditions. Sister Anissa, Muhammad, Anissa Michelle Muhammad is a native of Cleveland, Ohio. Anissa Michelle Muhammad is a devoted wife, mother, of one son and three daughters and a grandmother of five. Anissa possesses the indescribable love and passion for mental and spiritual healing, ultimately leading to physical well-being. Her mantra, healing does not occur by way of osmosis, osmosis, excuse me, it takes work. Anissa's background is allied health nursing. Her educational achievements include three associate degrees in liberal arts, music, interdisciplinary studies, and psychology. She holds a bachelor's degree in human services, two master's degrees, one in human services, the other in public health. At 62 years old, let me let me change that part. At 62 years young, <laughs> she is a doctoral candidate at Capella University with a focus in healthcare administration. She has 25 years of experience in domestic violence counseling, health education, disaster and survival preparedness, training, and in addition, she is a subject matter expert on the other, on, on the topics of chronic disease, self-management, addiction, and recovery. Listen, it's much, much more bio that I can say, but uh, those are the words on the paper, but I want you to hear from this powerful sister. As you can see, she is no lightweight. She's coming as a heavyweight champion and mining oh, the mind. Sister Adisa, 
please tell the people who who are you, Sister Anissa? Assalamu alaikum, Sister Nayara, Brother David, and audience. I thank you so much, Sister Nayara, again for blessing me to be on your podcast platform. I consider it an honor and a true privilege. Um, your question is, who am I? Yes, who are you from your perspective? I'm just your, I'm just your sister. I, I, when people ask me that question, that's the only appropriate answer, in my opinion. Um, what you read on the paper is what I have actually worked towards doing mm -hmm. and being. My ultimate goal is to help the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan establish a national health system for our people. Mm -hmm. The health system that is in existence today is not benefiting anyone. Not really. We pay exorbitant prices for health care that only wants and seeks to medicate us. They put give us pacifiers and band-aids, but don't get to the root of what is actually causing whatever illnesses that we have. The majority of chronic diseases that are out there right now are actually medical diagnosis for social and behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. And we can get into that, you know, later, um, later on in this podcast. But that's who I am. That's what I love to do. You know, um, helping women overcome the trauma associated with um, domestic violence, being survivors and being a survivor myself. And I don't even like using that. I don't, definitely don't like using the word victim. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. Mm -hmm. I, while I have survived it with some level of sanity, I would prefer to have myself um, be, if I had to categorize it, I'm a conqueror. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. You say you're a what? <laughs> I am a conqueror. It took yes. a lot. It takes a lot for people to overcome generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at ourselves and we have to be honest with ourselves. And that's why I titled my, my chapter, Mining the Mind. You have to, I had to take a deeper look at myself to find out, girl, what did you contribute? How did you contribute to all of this stuff that's going on in your life? All too often we look external instead of internal. And internally, huh? I say I say that's powerful. And yes, I, I know you got so much to say. And we go, we gonna dig, we gonna dig and we're gonna yes, dig yes. deep into that. And that was yes, just yes. such a powerful introduction, you know, to be able to see where you wait, look like look at look at me. It's what what it signifies to me is how I got over, yes. you know, what I had to go through to get through and to arrive where I'm at now. And so many of us as a people, and, and in particular, the black woman, right? It's not our traumas and dramas is not limited to just us as a people. But when you look at what we've had to suffer through and what we've had to go through and to arrive where we are today, and we still making it. Come on now, somebody say this. If you are in a position in your life right now, I want you to put this in the comment section. I want you to say it to, um, as a mantra to yourself, and we still making it. Right, yes, Sister Nisa. Oh, so yes, I, I want you, Sister Nisa. I mean, you have achieved a lot, you know, in your 62 years of young 
your of your 62 years of being in your young age, right? Where were you and at what point in your life where you knew that something had to change? Like what was that? What was that thing that you was going through? And even though you was in the midst of it, it was something in your mind that will even get you to this day to say mining the mind. What was you going through? I was 37 years old and I was on what I'm going to call uh, a traumatized autopilot, mm. falling into the mind of being a victim. Oh, woe is me. Oh, poor is me. What is happening to me? And I was involved. I, I had a serious, serious drug problem. I was in a very abusive relationship. I was a mother. And I wanted to make a change. And I didn't know how. Mm. It I didn't. Because I had con I had convinced myself that I couldn't do any better. Mm -hmm. So when you have that mindset, that defeatist mindset, and you fall head first into the abyss of hell with your thoughts. You stay stuck there and you continue to spiral downward because of how you have painted that poor image of yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's where I was. That's what I was going through. And in some instances, I was even homeless off and on. And when I mean when I say homeless, I mean, I literally didn't have, I was sleeping at bus, at bus depots, bus stops. Um, um, what do you got? The beach. Mm. Mm. With a child. Mm. Mm. Because of my addiction. Mm. Look, that's how I know that Allah had his hand on me then. Because my son was never in danger. We were always protected. Um, and my son was never taken from me. By the grace of God. Only by his grace. By his grace. Sister Nisa, you said something so key. And it was it's really touching to my heart. Because you, you really don't look like and you don't sound like what you've been through. But you <laughs> said you was in the abyss of hell. Now, yes, I came up in the church, right? You know, mm -hmm. I'm a little church girl and I accepted Islam and Islam is my way of life. I stand 10 toes down and five fingers, 10 fingers up with that. Right. But when I used to hear about hell coming up in the church and I come from a good church. Right. I always thought that was something under the ground with the little devil, you know, with the little pitchfork. <laughs> right. And that's how you knew that you was in hell. But here it is, you stand tall today to say, look, I done been to hell and back, okay? What would you say, what's the condition of hell for people that may still have in their mind that you only go to hell when you physically leave this earth? What did that look like for you? And what are some of the identifying points that one can look at and say, you know what? I'm in the abyss of hell and I got to make a new decision. Not only a new one, but a new powerful one. Yes, ma'am. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that hell is a state of mind, a state of being, and a state of existence. Mm. 
-hmm. It's not an actual place, but it's also a place of the mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you are in in despair, when you are in a condition to where when you wake up, you don't want to live. When you wake up in the morning and you ask God, why am I still here? Mm. I don't want to be here. Not if I got to see God did not create us to live in squalor. He created us as reflections of him. And so hell looked like to me the way I was living. Dirty. People looking down on us because we had no place to stay. We had no place to live. We had some place to groom ourselves, but I had nothing that I can call my own. Mm. And even when you come start coming up out of that, because see, telling a lie, I did not want to continue. I'm sorry. To live like that. He heard me, but he said, baby, I'm not going to take your soul from you tonight. Mm. You got work to do. And I didn't realize that until years later why he spared my life. Mm. So when people ask, what does hell look like? You have to look at what is what would what condition of life do you have to actually be in for you to be in despair? Because if hell is a state of mind, a state of being, and a state of existence, and a condition of life, that's why my quote is, a lot changes not the condition of a people unless they change themselves. So whatever despair looks like to you and for you. That's powerful. That's your hell. That's your hell. And let me tell you, see... You, you you really went so deep in disguise, describing your physical and your mental and, and spiritual condition, which is so powerful. And even when I look at my life today, and, and, and Allah has been good to me. God has, for those who don't know what the word Allah is, it simply means God. He's been so good to me. But I know that I am not in his total grace when I'm not at peace. See, I got to have a sense of peace. And when I'm at when I'm at peace, that's when I know that no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on around me, no matter who got the traumas and dramas, if my peace is disturbed, then I have to look and my in his grace. Is his favor upon me? And then I do what I got to do to quickly restore my peace. She and most times, I say quickly. I, I'm not even wasting no time. And most times I find out two things that help me to get back to that state of bliss for me. Y'all, I want y'all to listen to this and see if it resonates with you. One, repentance. Yes. I start asking, I start repenting, asking for forgiveness of things I don't even know that I might need forgiveness of. I repent. And two, show more gratitude. Mm-hmm. See? The more I say thank you, and not just to the God, but show gratitude to his people. Be found in service to people. He immediately restores my peace. There's time, Sister Anissa, and we're going to talk about the healthcare field because I know that you are deep into health, right? Yes, ma'am. There is times 
And I'm saying this because I want somebody to know somebody is in a condition right now. They just don't know how they're going to make it. You understand? But there's time physically because I, I, my body has been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. My body, not me, right? But there's times where my body physically can't, I can't like get out the bed. But when I start communicating with my God, he just pours an extra triple dose of not only his spirit, but his healing grace upon me. And I could just get up. Yes, and so I say that to say this, that when we are suffering, it takes divine connection to be able to change that condition. So thank you for reminding me that a lot don't change the condition until we change the condition. And so, Anissa, you have a passion for healing, a passion for health. What got you to the point where you wanted to put that passion into a, a chapter that's called Mining the Mind? What happened? Hmm. The catalyst for my passion evolved over time. I started as a nursing assistant working in convalescent homes. And that's when I started to see that everything is not black and white. Everything is not us and them. Mm. And mm. to see my elders mm. being abandoned put in a nursing home. Some of those patients' families lived overseas and they never visited them. Mm. But, and to see them suffering and being sick from things that I later on learned by watching them and studying that was actually caused when they were young. Something that they were doing, using, eating, or something because they, and, and I, and you have to come up with that synopsis because if you have not been, don't have, don't have a congenital meaning, if you were not born with a particular condition, then the conditions that we have as far as illnesses and things of that nature evolve over time and it doesn't hit you. God did not put us here to suffer like that when we're older. Mm -mm. And I'm looking at them with tears in my heart, mm. thinking they are in their golden years. They work hard all their lives and they should be living some, in some sort of ease and enjoying the sunshine and stuff like that. But they stuck in here. And I vowed to myself that I would continue to study to help others, but mostly myself because Sister Nair and Nisa are not going out like that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let, let, let. We want the whole audience to hear that. Okay. Anissa not going out like that. Okay. No, so, I'm not. And we want, we want everybody else that's listening. If you, if you got something going on in your life, you got to say your name. Such and such is not going out like that. Okay. So that's the affirmative. Today is a very powerful day. So we affirm, we, we're affirming all good things right now. So Lisa. Anissa said she's not going out like that. So what's the road, Sister Anissa? Let's let's just look at this, especially when it comes to how to eat to live. 
right? Because as a people, being a broken people, being made to be other than our own self, being made to eat other than good foods to eat spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, what is the keys to success as it relates to how to eat to live and how necessary that is in 2022, August of 2022, how necessary give us from a ground zero like i know nothing about how to eat to live to bringing us up to modern times in this moment well the honorable elijah muhammad summed it up exquisitely and how to eat to live books one and two and even as muslims we are suffering from ailments that we didn't used to suffer from. The best way that I can sum it up is like this. To eat means to consume. So if eat means to consume, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to continue to eat just regular food like vegetables and fruit. You have to be exquisitely precise in what it is that you're consuming mind, body, and spirit. You have to continue to study how your body works. A lot of us are sick because we can't connect the dots between what the messenger taught and how deviating from what he taught can set up sickness in the body. Since I was just recently hospitalized, for six days at the end of May and the first week of June. It was a horrific experience for me because I had to put more focus on fighting for my very life. Was it because of what I was hospitalized for? No. It was because health professionals don't listen to people. And they guide, they misguide you and have you going over here when you need to be right here. Mm -hmm. I had to literally threaten the life of a doctor who was trying to give me an antibiotic that I kept telling him I was allergic to and he wouldn't listen. Mm. Mm. But out of that, I learned that I have this inflammatory stuff going on. My body is something in my body that my body is fighting. So I have to slough it off. I have to study the lymphatic system even more so than I ever have so that I can overcome this. We can't help ourselves if we don't know what's wrong. You have people out there taking vitamins and minerals and they don't know whether or not that's really what's wrong with them. Mm. You don't because every vitamin has a corresponding mineral. So if you're taking, say, vitamin A, for example, if you're not taking zinc and eating to live, eating the proper foods, then you can't, then the vitamin is not going to be absorbed in the body properly and used. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. same thing goes for calcium. Calcium is a mineral, vitamin D, vitamin D3 goes with that. We have to stop depending upon synthetic products. We have to really try to 
get the books that the messenger prescribed for us, how to eat to live, but apply it in a more scientific way. Just sister, you stated something before we came on the air. And you said that you had to really take what you have and bring it up to the modern times. We have to take that book and bring it up to the modern times. Genetically modified products were not at the level they are now in 1972 when those books were published. So we have to learn how to identify those products because they're not real. The seed is contaminated with toxins and poisons. The only reason why they exist is because people got tired of being, you know, having their food actually sprayed with toxic chemicals to kill bugs. Why kill the bug? That's messing up the ecosystem. So what if you lose a, 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 a little bit of the fruits and I mean the vegetables because of the crops, but you want to destroy everything, even the people who the crop is being grown for. Mm-hmm. So that 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 toxic chemical to kill the bugs is actually inside the seed. And if it's in the seed, it's in the fruit. If it's in the seed, it's in the vegetable. Now y'all and they're, yeah, and they're using mulch instead of real soil with worms to grow food. Mulch does not have any nutrients in it. And sister Nayara, mm-hmm. they're even introducing the concept of all this plant-based meat, all this plant, that stuff is toxic to the body because it's not real. They're three, they're printing food now, dear sister. Mm. With a 3D printer, they're using chemicals and powders that will in the end mimic what chocolate tastes like, mimic what, um, papaya and other things taste like. And they mixing these things up in a lab, then they pouring it in a machine, and then they can whip out something that actually looks like a Hershey bar, but not. This is dangerous. And we have to pay more attention to not what's on the surface of what they put up on the news. Because they're putting up on the news what they're paid to put up. Google searches, you have to look deeper than that. This is some serious, serious stuff that we have to deal with. So that's why we have to do and go all out to support the staple goods project that we have and get that information to our people. Because famine is on the way and they are 3D printing food. So the thing is, is that if we wanna be soldiers in the army of Allah, then we're going to have to make sure that our bodies are healthy enough to fight back. You have to fight so many different forces. You got to fight those 12 different opposing forces going on in your mind mm-hmm. and put them to rest. If it's not of God, then you tell your mind, if you're not of God, then you got to go. Teach, teach. Wait a minute. Hold on. You got, got that. Go. And that's it starts real, with that's real powerful. That's powerful. I want I want to hold that point right there because yes, you said so much, so much loaded information. And I pray that the guest is writing these things down, though we are not doctors. Right. 
We're not doctors, but we are prescribing the prescription of what almighty God has given to us as student followers of the honorable minister Louis Farquhar, yes. subscribers to the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. So any medical advice we cannot be responsible for, but the most pertinent, pertinent thing that I have heard you say, which was everything, but in particular, if it's not of God, it got to go. And we got to know how to cast out demons, Sister Anissa. Yes. Right? And that takes skill. But out of the skill, I would like to impress upon our listening audience is it takes love for self. And many of us don't have that love for self. We say we love ourselves. It can be very superficial according to what is that definition of love for self or what others have exhibited and we've taken it on. But this type of love for self, and we suffer from self-hatred, but this type of love for self, Sister Nisa, got to be the love of self the way God himself identifies love for self. Yes, Which ma'am. Which is true for self, according to the most honorable Muhammad, or suffer the consequences. And we are responsible for sounding off that truth to, to our people and, and beyond, to humanity right but we have to be examples of that so we have to practice preach what we practice is that correct sister Lisa? yes ma'am not yes. just practice yes. what you preach somebody write this down okay and think about it like this i gotta <laughs> practice i gotta practice i gotta preach excuse me what did i just say practice you gotta preach what i practice you gotta preach what i practice so i practice self-care self-nourishing you know, and and then doing all that I could do to sustain this gift called life. And one of the most important things, Sister Nisa, that you said that I have I have to constantly do, and that's casting out them demons, not just in myself. I got to help other people cast out demons. You want to know why? Because not only do my healing affects me, but it affects everybody around me. Sister Nisa, we're living in a time where we got to hold other people accountable. We do. We have to hold other people accountable because their 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 uh demons can infect and affect us. Yes, and ma'am. So we want heaven on earth, Sister Nisa, and mining out the mind. What are some of the ways that you feel that we gotta be able to cast them demons out of our not just our mind but our heart? One thing that I had to do was disconnect myself from everything that I thought I knew. Mm. Mm. Because when we live our lives, we live our lives based on what we have accepted as truth. And what we have accepted as truth may not necessarily be truth. Not 100% pure, unadulterated truth as brought to us and given to us by God in whatever shape, form, or fashion, whether you call him Allah, Jesus, Kesekoato, or grandfather, mm -hmm. Yahweh or Jehovah, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. because his truth is truth. Mm -hmm. It is the interpretation of man that has caused spiritual problems for the people. I have to take responsibility. Say it to yourself. I got to take responsibility for my own stuff. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that God 
wants ease for us. He wants peace for us. He wants us to have money, good homes, friendship, and all walks of life and luxury. That's how he lives. And he wants us to live the same way. But there's a price that you got to pay to get all of the things that you want. You have to accept your own and be yourself. And what is your own self? Your own self is a righteous Muslim and Muslim only means one that submits his or her will to do the will of God. So if people, when people ask me, how did you go from here to here? I had to be truthful with my own ugly stuff. Wait a minute. Hold that right there. We got to be truthful with our own ugly stuff. Yes. My God. Yes. My God. Yes. Listen, family, we casting out demons today. And the way we do that is we got to look at the man and the woman in the mirror. And what I have come to found, Sister Anissa, as you are putting these powerful jewels out there. We want the audience to really catch them. Truth lasts forever and truth is transformative. So if you desire to transform your life, then you have to know not only are you to look for truth, but know that you are the truth. And you got to be willing to see yourself as a truth that's being in, that's being in a state of existence that is constantly transforming. Right. Because we're on a journey to get back to our higher selves and get back to the original God. No matter who you are, regardless of race, class, creed and color, truth is transformative. And we have to somebody take a note on this, a mental note. We have to know that no matter what, regardless of whom or what, the power is within me to heal on purpose. Yes. It's within me. And that's what this whole talk is about. This is a group of people, an audience of people that intentionally are looking for answers from within and from without. And so yes. today, as you are such a guest that's helping to facilitate that healing on purpose, we're living in a society in this day and time where people are under stress. A tremendous amount of stress and not just stress, Sister Nisa, but fear. Okay, we got COVID, we, you know, pandemic and epidemics, right? And now they're coming out with this monkeypox. And I'm watching or feeling the atmosphere, right, of those who talk about it or, you know, are getting wind of this, of this monkeypox. What do we do from your, from your perspective? in the field that you work in, in the healthcare fear, to prepare and not panic, to eradicate the fear of these different, what I say is divine calamities that's coming from God himself. And I do get that from my teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, when he said that this COVID was a pestilence from heaven. So what do we do to prepare and not panic? While the information and the science that I have accessed regarding monkeypox is sketchy, I have a, a question to just put out there in the audience. How can you prepare for something that you really can't see? Okay. 
you can't actually, um, viruses and bacteria are microscopic and they cannot be seen with the naked eye without the aid of a microscope. So what I would recommend, and, and um, please, if I may be so bold as to put a disclaimer out on behalf of Sisters for Life, Sister Anissa Muhammad and um, Naira Muhammad in Repair the Black Family, this, what I'm saying to you throughout this broadcast is for informational purposes only. And it is not carte blanche for you to deviate from the instructions and advice that have been given to you by your primary care provider. Sisters for Life, Anissa Muhammad, Naira Muhammad, David Johnson Muhammad, and Repair of the Black Family is not responsible for your conscious decision to deviate from your provider's advice. Whether that sickness is real or imagined, we are not responsible. With that being said, I'm, I'm going to continue. <laughs> Let's keep it real because we're healing on purpose. Yes, yes, ma'am. I would, the only thing that I can suggest is because they're talking about this monkeypox virus is being spread kind of by touch or being in close proximity to somebody. Enter into thy chamber and shut the door until thine indignation has passed. That's from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah in the Bible. Keep wearing your gloves, but make sure that you have a high quality glove to put on your hands because we're going into three years of COVID plus the monkeypox and we're trying to make sure that our hands don't touch anything. Be mindful when you go to the grocery store. Be mindful when you open the doors to places, when you have the grocery carts and different things like that. I know y'all want to go outside and play. But why not make your place your home, your dwelling space, a wonderful and peaceful place? Everybody wants to go to concerts. They want to do this. They want to do that. You're getting the vaccine. You're doing this and you're making yourself more vulnerable because we still have not been practicing how to eat to live. We still think that because someone told us that it's okay for us to go outside and play now, you're letting your guard down. You don't know who, if it's not a family member or whatever, you don't know who that is sitting in front of you, behind you, to your left or to your right. And if it can be transmitted by way of droplets, we still have to be careful. Wear your mask, wear your gloves. Stay away from places where there are tons of people because these calamities are not over. I said just a little while ago that we have to, we're, you have to be strong in the army of Allah and this army of the faithful. And you cannot do that when you're sick. They don't have, an, there's not enough evidence out there for, for any public health entity to tell us what to do and how to best guide us against monkeypox other than what's already out there. And what's already out there is what I just stated. That's all they have. And that's all that I am legally responsible for reporting until I have something that makes more sense. 
because when you're dealing with medical science and bio, when you're talking about biochemicals and when you're talking about microbiology, chemistry, body chemistry, body systems, you have to examine all 11 systems and how whatever this illness, virus or whatever, how it affects each one of those systems. Just like COVID. Beautiful. Well, we have just keep doing what you've been doing during COVID. And I really hope and pray that the public and the, even if it's, there's a ring of truth, they're positioning this particular illness and making it about the LGBTQ community. And I don't like that because there's no, God is an equal opportunity God. He's an equal opportunity destroyer. Okay, now wait. You can't just throw that out there and leave it. God is an equal opportunity God. And he's an equal opportunity destroyer. Okay. Yes, ma'am. We need to make sure I duplicated that. You know he exalts and he abases. Okay, okay, okay. So for them to put it out there alluding to the fact that Men having sex with men, women having sex with women, and all of this, that, and the other. They're putting it out there in the minds of some people that they're the cause of this monkeypox epidemic. And that's wrong. They should not, they should not do that. And I'm speaking from a professional. From a professional point of view, that's wrong because it's putting a stigma up from other people in the minds of other people because it's some very disturbed people out here that just don't have anything else to do but to be in a, but to be hateful towards people for whatever reason they think is necessary. And as a as a medical professional, as a as a social scientist, as a medical scientist, that's just wrong. You give the information about who it's affecting. And the thing is, is that just like with COVID in the beginning, the magnitude of how these things are impacting us is not equal to the magnitude of how they're portraying it in the public and what you're looking at as far as the cases are concerned. Wow. So sister it's not, know. it's like, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, I want to bring my point home. Okay, go ahead. Like, like in the beginning of COVID, all they put out there was you have all these people dying, but they never told the people that 98% of the folks that had COVID recovered. The fatality rate was a little bit greater in the beginning at 1.9% of the population in this country were fatally, you know, it was a fatality involved, 1.9%. And then you got 98% of the people that contracted COVID survived. But if you listen to the news media that's on television and the reports from all of the public health entities there in this country, they were telling, they made, they painted the picture like, oh my God, you have, all of these people that are dying, 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 but they never talked about who survived. Absolutely. And it's not that those deaths were 
I'm not minimalizing them because any death, the death of one person is very tragic. But if you're going to report something to the people that's going to benefit them, then damn it, tell the truth. Absolutely. And this this where it comes back. Thank you, Sister Nisa. I, I feel you, girl. That's your passion and that's your power. Right. And so we have to, you know, be fortified spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically yes. to survive the calamities that's coming down. And this is why this topic is so important of mining the mind. And I bring it back to this as it relates to healing on purpose, you know, especially as women. Food is our medicine and we are the medicine women. We are the ones that has to be in that kitchen and, and really not just in the kitchen, you know, getting the information that's going to help us to survive, right? Spiritually, mentally, mentally, the mind, right? Emotionally and physically. And Sister Anissa, I know that we can go on and on and on, right? But I have to get ready to wrap this up. And so you wrote your chapter in the book. Who is the intended audience for this book, for your for your chapter in the book? My intended audience. In one sense, are for is in a general sense is for anyone. That. That is facing difficulty when trying to change and doing things positive in their lives to overcome the head noise that we experience when we're trying to change. But it's more specifically for those who know someone or someone who is going through or has gone through domestic violence issues that have experienced self-sabotaging behaviors for those who don't understand why this keeps happening, this, that, and the other keeps happening, negative things that are happening in their lives. And it's for those that have addiction issues. I still struggle with sugar. And the killing part about it, Sister Naira, <laughs> is that if I don't go to the store, girl, I can cook. You know what I'm saying? So I'll go in the kitchen and cook something just for one cookie and then wind up giving away. I done made two dozen, but, you know, I'm going to eat one and get the rest of them away. And so all, that's that. even that, I, I struggle with it, but it's that's my reality. And I wrote what I wrote in my book to let people know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It helped me to understand that I was not alone when I was in the process of coming out of it. Because when you look at the different personalities that float around in our head, believe it or not, there are many. For every single one person, you have a minimum, Sister Ava said, of 12 different facets of your own personality. And every last one of them want to survive. So you have to... Well, I know that. <laughs> yeah, you have to deal with not just the fact of admitting and acknowledging that those different 
self-defeating, self-sabotaging aspects of your own mind exist, you have to come under the realization that they hard to boot out because they want to survive. They're actually entities that live within your own mind. And we have to face it. And it's kind of like, you know what? I got to act like Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson and Sugar Ray Leonard and all of the great boxers and fighters and call on that God that's within me and go to war with them. My book is for any, if this chapter is so vital for anybody to try to, who wants to, to have the courage and sum up the strength to peel back the layers of the things that's going on in this for anybody. That, that is willing to be honest with themselves and take a look in the mirror and understand that at the root of whatever it is that you're going through is you. Beautiful. Let me ask you this next question. Thank you, family. Y'all got to get her, 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 get the book to read her chapter. And we're going to give you more information on how you can contact Sister Anissa and get the book from her. Um, definitely sister Nisa, let me ask you this. Wait, I just want to make one point on what you just said as it relates to the many personalities and getting to the root. One of, one of the key tools, and I'm not going to go into it today because it can be a long talk, but I had to, to conquer what you, what you just talked about when it comes to the mind, I had to use that gift that was given to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as it relates to Dianetics, which is yes. the modern science to mental health, right? Mental health is definitely something that we, that is self-care, right? When you can mind your mind and be effective at getting rid of your demons and casting out your devils. And so the tool that I had to use, I had to use that tool and that gift, and I'm going to say it, that gift of Dianetics. And our people are not um, totally familiar with it. We may even be afraid of it, but I'll guarantee you that if you just read it, look at it, and then test it out. That's that's the key, Sister Nisa. Yes, it is. it out to be able to cast out your own demons. Good God Almighty, look, look towards that freedom of not having that chatter. And that's, that's the benefit that I gain. I don't have those voices anymore. I don't have that clutter anymore. I'm at peace with myself because that other mind with those many personalities, which is known as the reactive mind have been eradicated. So when we talk about eradicating generational traumas, dramas, limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behavior pattern, one of the solution, just one of the solutions is using that tool and gift called Dianetics. So I didn't want to leave without stating that. Sister Nisa, you have become a best-selling best-selling author, not just an author. You are a best-selling international best-selling author. What did you learn about yourself in this journey as an author? That it's okay to tell my story now. Mm-hmm. Because what I wrote in my chapter were the first two things, two, that I was able to actually get audited on. Mm-hmm. So those demons are cast out by way of what you just said, Dianetics. I'm so grateful to have had that gift in my life. Being a, a best-selling author 
has humbled me because being able to reach the people and serve them in this capacity is a gift from Allah. Not saying that I'm the gift. What I went through and came out of because of the God mm -hmm. is the gift. Mm -hmm. And if I am able to share what I went through, because I know that I was never, I was not the only one prior to me writing it, and I won't be the only one after writing it. If that can, me sharing my story can help somebody get through what they're going through, all oh, praises be to Allah. And that's the way that I look at that. And being and meeting through the book, because of, of, with an exception of you and Brother David and Sister Charlene and Brother Risa, and I know them because we belong to the, we're in the same city. Sister June, we're in the same city, go to, you know, attend the same mosques and everything. I've never met them, but I'm connected to them in a spiritual way because of what they wrote in that book. Them sharing their stories is them sharing a piece of themselves. And that's what makes me know them. And that's what I want from my the people reading my chapter. I want you to know me mm. so that you will see that if Sheik did it, I can too. How I got oh, over. That yes. is <laughs> what it's going to take. Yes. Then all praises be to Allah. Because this is, what I wrote is not a national problem. It's an international problem. Okay. That part. Yes, ma'am. It is. Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. So we have a few more minutes. And I just want to say this, family. Um, Sister Nisa, well, one, one thing. I want to say this. There's an untold story in everybody, right? And one of the most powerful things that you have said as it relates to this part of our segment, because you've just said so much, right, is to be able to tell your story. And if I can encourage anyone and everyone that's listening to this podcast today, there's an untold story that you got to be willing and able to tell to save a life. We are saviors. And your story will save a life. My mentor, one of my mentors, Queen of Four, says this. There's a book in you. And today I'm going to say, write your book, write your story. And if you have, if you want to write a book, you, you want to tell your story. I have an excellent person that has helped us, these 33 powerful authors in the repair of the black family. Okay. Which is more than a book. It is a mission. Help yes. us write the book. And that is Jessica T. Moore. I am so um, happy uh, and, and just thankful that God brought that sister in my life. And I definitely want to continue to help her promote, uh, promote her uh, helping people to get their stories out there. So sister Lisa, we have five minutes. Well, two minutes for you and three minutes for me. Give us closing remarks, three tips that you would like this listening audience to walk away with as uh, tips of success on mining the mind. Number one, get the book. Okay. <laughs> get the book so you can have something tangible to touch that you can clutch to your bosom and say, I can read this. There's something in it that's healing for me. 
Number two, be honest with yourself. Be honest with your truth. We all actually know what our weaknesses are, our shortcomings are, but we don't want to face them. If you're hurting, if you have false data deposited in you, downloaded in you, if you um, know that you have or can recognize some self-sabotaging ways and if the same thing keeps happening to you over and over and over again, that's a sign that you need to mind the mind because it's not what's external, it's what's internal. And please remember, you can move from person to person, from city to city, country to country, but no matter where you go, you take you with you. And that means that you're only going to run into the same thing, just in a different place. Water seeks its own level. So if you want to be riding the waves of success and love and joy and tranquility, mind the mind. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Sister Nisa, how can people get in contact with you and get the book from you? Uh, con, con, you know what? I, I, for, I gotta go do a whole bunch of stuff to retrieve my affiliation okay. link, but reach out to me through my email and I can get back with them. Okay. So give your email address. It's, on, it's running across the screen right now. Okay. Sisters for life, health equity at gmail.com. That's my nonprofit, Sisters for Life Health Equity Group, Inc. And the goal is to be have, um, approach health from a more progressive standpoint. Absolutely. To prevent so, the onset of chronic diseases for women with children and their entire families. Too many of our babies are, have chronic illnesses and they're not even adults yet. That's got to no ma'am. That's no ma'am. Absolutely. So family, if you're listening to this broadcast, we're going to ask that you support Sister Anissa and get the book from her. You can follow her on Facebook. Yes. As well. um, Facebook, I you have to tell, tell them the Facebook and also Instagram. Um, we have two minutes. So if you can give them your information, we do have the email address and give them the Facebook because it's not just live. It's going to be uploaded to the podcast. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, and if you have a website, let's get that. And then I'm going to make the last few announcements. Okay. I just put my IG um, up there. It's Mickey Ray, M-I-K-K-I-R-A-Y 60. And um, as far as my Facebook, just Anissa, Anissa Muhammad. And you'll see my face with a little blue cap on with a big old Kool-Aid smile on my face because I was happy when I took that picture. Yes, ma'am. Knowing you yourself. You yeah, know yourself. And this is one sister. Walaika Salam, beautiful Rachel. I see you. Um, this is a sister that is very powerful. And we hope that you are able to not just ingest what she said today, but to digest it. And Sister Nisa, you know, I just want to thank you for just blessing my life. You know, there would not be a repair in a Black family anthology without your portion, your story of mining the mind. You are one of the 33 powerful authors with 99 suggested solutions, not only to repair the Black family, but to prepare, prepare, oh, excuse me, repair humanity. This is a world assignment. 
And we thank God for our teacher and leader, the Honorable Minister Louis Farcon, for his inspiration, his sacrifice, and yes. just putting a word in my ear, a word in my mind, a word in my heart that will have me to be mission-minded, to stand up and take this torch into every noon, what they say, crank, crank and noony or noony and crank. <laughs> To every nook and cranny around the world, because that's my intention to help repair the black family. Hey, we healing on purpose. And with that being said, we're gonna ask that you get the book. It's up on the uh on the screen, Repair the Black Family Anthology. Um, it's selling like hot case, okay. In addition, we do have yay, we have our new merchandise, okay. So the new merchandise are these beautiful shirts. We want you to Support the shirt because every shirt that you purchase, it goes towards the foundation. Repair the Black Family is a nonprofit organization, and we are striving to continue to help heal on purpose across the world. We know, look, we got a lot of love, but we don't have a lot of money. But money is, is just attention units, so we are giving you our attention to continue to help to restore the families. So we have these shirts unapologetically healing as you can see heal on purpose these shirts are $24.99 you get to wear your healing on your chest okay let me say that one more time you get to wear your healing on your chest okay so we ask that you support and get the shirts and last but not least okay we are going to Egypt we have on September 18th through the 24th, we are going to connect with the motherland. We have seven more spots left, family, to go to Egypt. And we are going to specialize in getting new results in your life, right? Putting yourself in an uncomfortable position to discover who you are and who you are on the next level. This ignition retreat is unleashing your passion, your power, and your purpose. Okay. And I got to say this, you will not, you will never be the same again. It is an adventure and you will not return the same. So for more information, please contact Sanayura and the Repair of the Black Family. You can text the word Egypt to 727-623-5555 or and visit our website and send us a email. All right, so that's all that I have today. It has been absolutely amazing to be here with my guest today. And we thank you all so much for listening. And I will tell you this, that um, the race is not to the swift, nor to the strong, but those who can endure to the end. No matter what you got going on in your life, just know if you can endure, you're going to make it through. Be successful because success leaves clues. We love you. Thank you for listening. Peace.